PFG Private Wealth Management LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. The topics and information discussed during this podcast are not intended to provide tax or legal advice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed insurance agents. The rules of retirement have changed. No longer can most of us rely on Social Security or a single pension to fund our futures. We're living longer, and retirement doesn't just last a handful of years anymore. Instead, you might stay retired for 20 or 30 years, and maybe even more. We need to look at retirement through a new lens, with fresh eyes, with a new approach and plan of attack. Here to answer the call are financial advisors John Texera and Nick McDevitt of PFG Private Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Tampa Bay area. This podcast is Retirement Planning Redefined, and it starts right now. Thanks for tuning in to Retirement Planning Redefined with John and Nick from PFG Private Wealth. We appreciate you tuning back into the podcast. We're following up with our prior session on rollovers, if it's right for you, having the conversation. And this week's going to be a little bit more, this uh, session's going to be a little bit more about how to kind of go through that, some of the differences, some of the biggest mistakes sometimes that people might get themselves into uh, when attempting to do this. So we're going to dive in and get started. We're just going to just hop right in. So Nick, differences between rollovers and transfers. Let's just start there, kind of break it down a little bit for us. Yeah, I would say, you know, the reality is, is that this space from the standpoint or the perspective of, you know, the process of taking your money from one place in a retirement account and putting it into another place in a retirement account, the jargon or the terminology gets intermingled quite a bit. And, um, you know, some of those terms that get intermingled are rollovers and transfers. And we'll talk about it a little bit more, but from the perspective of a direct rollover versus a 60 day uh, rollover. So just to kind of, you know, back up a, a quick second is, you know, when we are discussing or having this conversation, you know, we kind of preface it from the standpoint of, you know, the money that we're talking about is money that is held in a retirement plan of either a former uh, employer. Um, so maybe it's 401k or 403b, and you are looking to move that money elsewhere. So your options are typically you can take that money and you can do a direct rollover into either a traditional individually held IRA. Um, or if the funds are Roth funds, you can move it into uh, individually held Roth IRA. Or if you are employed with a new employer and you are eligible, you have to check with them, you may be able to move the money into the new plan at work um, and do it that way. So when you are doing that, um, usually when you are executing kind of this process, it either, it either has to be done via a form or via a phone call. So some places require a form, and we've seen uh, a lot of people make mistakes on, on completing the form uh, correctly. So oftentimes we'll help clients with it. And then if it's a phone call, the issue is that you know, you're dealing with somebody, and I will say the level of service probably over the last few years at companies has gotten better, uh, but we still see a lot of mistakes. You know, Oftentimes you are working with somebody that's working in the call center and 
you know, although it is their job, mistakes happen. So when you are kind of doing this process, um, understanding that the terminology of executing a rollover is when you are moving that money from that retirement account into uh, an IRA or a new plan. A transfer is when you have uh, an existing account uh, that is an IRA or a Roth IRA, and you are moving it from one custodian to another custodian. So I'll use an example just to try to make it a little bit more uh, easily understandable. So a direct rollover uh, example is, okay, Mrs. Client, she just got done working at her company and their um, 401k was held at Fidelity. And now Mrs. Client would like to move the money from Fidelity into the IRA that she opened up at Vanguard. So she's able to call up and um, get the process going of processing that rollover from Fidelity, the 401k, to the IRA at Vanguard. A transfer is you already have an IRA or somebody already has an IRA, we can say, you know, at T. Rowe Price, and they uh, have a new IRA, they no longer like T. Rowe Price, they have a new IRA at Fidelity, and they want to move that money from um, T. Rowe Price to Fidelity. That is the custodian to custodian transfer. And the reason that we mention that is because um, there are some limitations on what are technically rollovers. John, can you give a little bit of an example of exactly what a 60-day rollover is? Yeah, so that is, um, there's actually kind of two ways to do it where, you know, if it's coming from a plan, let's say if it's if it's coming to you directly, so John Texera gets a check from the plan, I have 60 days to put that into my, uh, my IRA. Or if, uh, let's say I have money in my IRA, and for whatever reason, I might need the funds, and I pull it out, I have 60 days to put it back into the plan. And that would be a kind of a 60-day rollover period. Important if you are processing it that way, definitely keep good records. You know, you want to keep the records of when the when the money was distributed, when you received it, and then when you deposited it. Because if you ever were audited, you have to prove that um, the money went back in within 60 days or else everything is taxable. And the, the issue with that 60-day rollover, and uh, we'll kind of give you an example of kind of one of the most common ways that we'll see it as a mistake, is that you are only eligible to execute, I believe it's one of those per calendar year. Is that correct, John? Yeah, that is correct. So- if somebody is making a mistake or even doing it on purpose, if they by mistake execute more than one of those in a year, there's some pretty significant penalties that are involved in that. And that's really something that you want to avoid. So what we always like to see is the money moving directly from one custodian to the other custodian. And when that happens, the check is made payable from the old custodian to the new custodian. And we'll kind of talk about that in a little bit more detail, but I wanted to give a kind of a quick example of where we see this uh, mistake happen the most often. So the reality is that the majority of the people that are listening to this with how things are set up currently, they may not run into this too often, but uh, where we have seen this issue come up quite a bit is if they are helping their parents with finances. So maybe, you know, their parents are in their 70s or 80s. And uh, oftentimes that age demographic loves CDs and they love chasing rates at banks. And there will be confusion from the standpoint of, hey, you know, mom has a CD at BB&T Bank and 
the CD is actually inside of an IRA. And she goes into the branch to move the CD from BB&T Bank over to Bank of America because Bank of America is offering an extra, you know, 0.2%. And so she's working with the teller at the bank and she says, hey, I want to take out my money because uh, I'm moving it to another bank. What we've seen happen is that teller will sometimes have that check made payable to the client, to mom in her name. And at that point, it's considered you know, that starts that 60 day window. The reality is that we want that check made payable to the new institution for the benefit of mom. And so this is where we've seen issues kind of pop up and arise where mom might try to do this a couple times a year. Now she has done more than one 60 day rollover in a year because it was done incorrectly. It wasn't necessarily her fault. And it just creates this total kind of quagmire and in, in tax nightmare. So we always like to kind of bring that up to make sure that people understand that that's an issue. And again, because the terminology is oftentimes uh, intermingled and, and not done correctly, having that done the proper way is, is really important. And so I know John uh, does a good job of explaining the best way uh, that people can um, make sure that they execute that properly. Thank you, Nick. I, I do a very good job at explaining <laughs> that, actually, so I appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, just, just kind of walk you through uh, the process of doing a direct rollover. You know, first step is, is contacting the investment provider for the retirement plan. And you need to determine, can they do this over the phone or is it a form, as Nick mentioned earlier? So let's just assume it's over the phone and you're putting your money into, let's say, TD Ameritrade. So TD Ameritrade is the custodian. They're the ones holding the funds. They're like a Fidelity or a Vanguard. Um, so you want to make sure the check is made payable to the custodian. And that way, you're not the one getting the receipt of the funds. It's the custodian. And that's the main reason why it doesn't kind of execute that 60-day rollover kind of window. So it's a direct transfer to the custodian. And the check's going to be written out to, in this example, TD Ameritrade for benefit of you. So if I'm doing it, it's going to be checks going to be made out to the TD Ameritrade for benefit of John Texera. Um, now, once you receive that check, we, we're going to say it now, do not sign the check because it's actually not written out to you. It's written out to the custodian. So we do have some people that will say, do I sign it? Or, you know, I signed it. What do I do? Don't sign it. There's no need to. Um, so once you receive the check, the next step is now it needs to get deposited into your IRA. And if you're working with an advisor, typically pass it off to him or her. And if you're just working directly with an investment company, you're going to want to go ahead and um, you know get it to the investment company and have them deposit into the, the IRA for you. You know, if you are mailing checks, just, you know, some people like to be cautious and kind of make sure it has some type of uh, tracking number, you know, which is something you can request from the retirement provider. Not necessary, but some people just prefer that so they can kind of keep track of where it's at. Okay. So obviously there's a lot that can go into this and there's mistakes that are going to happen, as you guys alluded to. So what are some things to maybe avoid uh, just kind of some simple things to check off for folks? So I would say the first one, and, you know, we talk about these, uh, this whole process in the class that we, uh, that we teach. And I have a slide that I bring up and it's a, it's a huge picture of a train fire. And so the biggest mistake to avoid again is, to do a lump sum distribution when the money is paid directly to you. So that is the number one, and I know we've kind of harped on it quite a bit, uh, but it can be confusing because, especially on some of the forms that companies use, 
you know, they say, hey, I, I want to take all my money out because I'm going to move it to this new place. So that's a lump sum distribution, right? Well, you know, depending upon where it is, that might mean that that money is coming directly to you, which is enters you into that 60 day window, which is what we want to avoid. So uh, making sure that you do a direct rollover uh, versus a, a lump sum distribution is is really important. That's probably the number one mistake. Yeah. And, and if we see the lump sum, what the 401k or whatever, 403b provider will have to automatically do. So if, if I were to receive the money directly to me, they would have to withhold 20% automatically. So 20% is going to Uncle Sam. Um, so that could create an issue if you're trying to get all your money back into another IRA within 60 days. So, Well, you mentioned 401k and then you said another. Is I would assume that this is kind of the same for several of those alphabet soups, right? Whether it's a 403b or TSP, is the same kind of process in general? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, exactly. So employer retirement plans. Gotcha. Okay. Because sometimes people get confused board. by that, right? They'll they'll think, yeah. oh, well, I don't have a 401k. I have a 403b or whatever. So Yeah. 401k, 403b, 457, right. pension plans. Yeah. Stuff, yeah okay. All of them. <laughs> all of them. Yeah. The, the whole alphabet soup. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Nick, any other mistakes to avoid? Anything to we might have missed as we're kind of winding down here? I, I know it's come up a couple of times, but sometimes people will worry about timing. So from the perspective of there's, you know, so as an example, the last uh, five months, really, kind of post-corona market drops, et cetera, et cetera. And people will say, hey, you know, I've lost a bunch of money in my account. Is now the time to move it? You know, should I wait for it to bounce back? And the reality is that um, you want to take a broader perspective and look at it from the standpoint of that, you know, most likely you're moving it from market to market. So the goal is to do it as quickly as possible. But you know, the perspective of, hey, should I let this bounce back before I move it uh, isn't necessarily always valid because, you know, it, as long as you're in a similar allocation, you know, maybe even a better allocation with a, a higher level of management, um, the reality is, is your bounce back could be quicker and or better potentially by, by making the change, you know, the sooner the better. So it all depends, but that's usually a pretty low priority you know, variable in the whole conversation is, you know, the timing. Okay. All right. Well, there you go, folks. So as always, there's a lot of, you know, there can be some moving parts here. It's not always very too complicated, I suppose, maybe is a good word, but it can be, especially if you're not focusing. So the best way to do it is to avoid some of those mistakes by reaching out and talking with a qualified professional before you take any action, getting some helpful tips, uh, getting some advice, whatever the case might be. But before you take action, reach out to someone who does this uh, on the regular. So call John, call Nick, give him a jingle at 813-286-7776. That's 813 813- 286-7776 when you're talking about doing a rollover and if it's right for you there's just a lot of questions that they can help you walk through and get you some advice going in the right direction also stop by the website at pfgprivatewealth.com that is pfgprivatewealth.com while you're there subscribe to the podcast retirement planning redefined you can find it on apple google spotify whatever platform you choose uh, so there you go. That's going to do it for the uh, series here on rollovers. Guys, thanks for your time. As always, I appreciate it. Uh, obviously, there's so much that goes on in the in the financial world. It's good to just you know do these, uh, since you're not doing classes right now, right? Doing a lot of things online or podcasts. It's good to go through and kind of get this information out for folks. Thanks, Mark. Yep, thank you. Appreciate your time. We'll talk to you next time here on Retirement Planning Redefined with John and Nick of PFG Private Wealth. We'll see you next time. <laughs> 